and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you my conversation with fungi farmer and herbalist Ray Hart. We talk about trust, deep listening, and working with the magic of mushrooms. Ray shares her story of leaving a career in nursing to grow medicine on the land. We discuss connection with plant allies, working with intuition, and the wisdom of darkness. We also talk about the unique transition time we find ourselves in on the planet and the ways in which fungi reveal solutions. And speaking of the land, this is the very first episode that I've recorded outside in nature, so you may hear birds, planes, and other sounds in the background. I hope to record many more this way, as I think it adds a special quality to the conversation and the depths we were able to go to. Before we begin, I want to share my gratitude for our newest Patreon subscribers. Thank you, Kimberly Kling of Joyful Roots, Sarah Berklin, Jamie Beck Alexander, and Jennifer Greenfield. Your support makes this show possible and truly uplifts me as I create this offering. If you find value in our episodes and in this community, please consider supporting at patreon.com moonwise. Right now on Patreon, I've shared some behind-the-scenes photos from this interview and a mushroom meditation for personal healing that Ray recommends. For those of you who are listening around the time this episode comes out, I want to let you know that I'm hosting the very first Moon Tent event here in Portland, Oregon. Please join me for a community flower offering at Sun Blossom Farm in Portland on September 21st, 2019. We'll gather at this beautiful bee-friendly flower farm just a few days before fall equinox to honor the changing season and express our gratitude for all that we've harvested. Together, we'll create a flower mandala for Mother Earth and weave our collective energy with nature. Suggested $5 donation will benefit Rainforest Alliance. There are only a few spots left for this event, so please sign up at moontent.co slash events. Okay, on with our show. Ray Hart is a fungi farmer, registered nurse, herbalist, artist, and bee tender who is dedicated to community health and regenerative agriculture. She's the founder of Ground Culture, a woman-owned, community-supported mushroom farm on Savi Island in Portland, Oregon. Ray also serves as the apothecary manager, herbal clinician, and mentor at the People's Health Clinic of Portland, a free integrative health resource for those living at the crossroads of economic injustice and other systemic oppressions. Ray also happens to be a dear soul sister of mine, and I'm truly grateful to have her in my life. Full disclosure, I've been assisting Ray with some communications and social media support over the past few months as she brings ground culture to the world. Hi, Ray. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorte. Thank you so much for having me. This is a really big moment. This is really special, dear listeners. We are both sitting on Savi Island on the beautiful Wapato Island Farms where Ray has recently moved and she's living here in a beautiful tiny house. And right now we are sitting 
a few paces away from her house under this beautiful black walnut tree. And so if you can hear the wind in the background and the trees and maybe some birds and some bees, this is our very first Moonwise podcast recorded outside in nature. So it feels really special. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here for this moment. I know that this means so much to you and it really means a lot to me. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Ray. And Ray is a very dear soul sister of mine, and I'm really excited to finally get the chance to really talk to her about her work and her inspiration. So as I mentioned, Ray recently moved here into a tiny house on the beautiful Wapato Island farm, and she is now growing edible mushrooms and working on the land full time. And this is a fairly big shift from your previous work, Ray, as a registered nurse in a hospital. So I'm wondering if we could start by telling us a little bit about this big life change you've been going through. So my journey has really been kind of a long and winding one. I would say the biggest transition has happened in the past year and a half for me where I have transitioned from, as you said, being a registered nurse to being a full-time mushroom farmer slash folk herbalist slash just, yeah, living on the land human being. So my time as a nurse in the hospital, I worked as a float nurse and I worked in ICU and I worked in the ER and I did all the really kind of crazy nursing jobs. And I was just, over the time that I worked, I was just so struck by this this pattern that I kept encountering. It didn't matter where I was. It didn't matter who I was taking care of. I just felt, I felt continuously that this pattern was coming up. And I just felt like, yes, here we are. We're treating physical ailments and yes people really have these physical problems but so much of what we're experiencing today so much of the illness and the unwellness that we're experiencing is a result of such deep disconnection from the earth and such deep denial of who we really are and I could I just I could see that that was one of the big things that's making people sick and I also just felt like I was, as a nurse, not equipped to deal with what I was seeing. I did not have the resources in the setting that I was in, even though the hospitals that I worked in were good hospitals. I just, the system is set up in a way that we're not equipped to address the root issues of the problems that we're facing today. So after a lot of kind of insane life-changing dreams and a lot of difficult struggle with depression, um, which which caused me to end up extremely suicidal and questioning if I truly wanted to be on this planet at all. I had a vision where I saw myself at my own funeral. And I knew that if I didn't do something that that's where I would be. And I could tell that I was young and I could see my family around me. And I was, I knew that I had to make a change. And so as an herbalist, as well as a nurse, I had a very uh, deep connection and relationship with the plants already established. Um, And so I went to the plants, the ones who I love the most and two two of my favorite plants who I consider to be 
like my mother and my grandmother. And that would be motherwort and mugwort. And I, I came to them and I said, I was in my robe and I was crying and I was crying. And I was like, I, I need your help. Like something has to change. I don't know what to do. Like, this seems way too overwhelming. I don't know what else I'm going to do other than be a nurse. Like, I, I've trained so long. I've worked so long to do this. And I was like, I, I need your help. And so I just felt like I needed to do a yoni steam of those two plants. So that's what I did. And I had a time of prayer. And I painted a beautiful painting, um, which just felt like it flowed out of me. It didn't feel like it, it was me at all. And when I stood up from that painting, that painting, I fell over so hard and snapped my ankle. And that was a really quick answer and a really like, okay, you asked for it. Here we go. And that's kind of where my journey began because I tried to go back to work, but my ankle would not heal. And I just, it was so long that I wasn't able to walk on it because and during that time, I was having just the most beautiful experiences and just so many messages coming from the earth and from the plants. And that's about that time is when I started really hearing from the fungi. And they had been a part of my life as an herbalist previously. I had worked with them as medicine, but I had never grown them and honestly hadn't paid too much attention to them. But during that time, I just... I remember it was specifically one day I was feeling really upset about um, something that I had read regarding nuclear power and nuclear warheads. And I was just in my bathroom crying, as I have a tendency to do, apparently. Um, and I just had this, this, I could hear mushrooms are the answer. And instead, and I had this, I could see this vision of a like a mushroom cloud like an atomic bomb cloud and it was just like they they were saying to me like duh mushrooms are the answer like we gave you the answer even like visibly gave you the answer in your destruction we are telling you that the answer is right here and so after that I started to get really obsessed with them and I couldn't stop thinking about them and I started studying them and studying them led to really loving them even more and taking them as medicine. And then I decided it was time for me to start growing them because they kept saying, grow us to know us. So I was like, okay, I need to, I really need to know you. So that's kind of where my mushrooms journey started. A lot has happened since then, obviously, but yeah, it's, it's been kind of a wild ride. Wow. Yeah. And as someone who knows you, I know that you feel things very deeply. Very deeply. And as many <laughs> sensitive people are really feeling um, the pain of, you know, the earth and the plants and nature beings, as well as mm -hmm. humanity. And that can often be a very heavy burden for those who are willing to feel those things and um, not numb it out. So thank you for really doing the work to care for yourself and ask for help. And I'm so glad that it's transformed and transmuted into this new way of living for you. Yes, me too. Honestly, this is just, this is way beyond my wildest dreams. Like, and 
100% of the credit goes to them, not me. Like, really. They've just been leading me the whole time. So thank you, Fungi. <laughs> and you have started to grow mushrooms actually in your laundry room, right? And they started to kind of take over your house. <laughs> yes. Actually, I started growing mushrooms on top of my washing machine and dryer in five-gallon buckets. And eventually that expanded into me building, like, a little grow room also in my living room and then my bedroom and eventually my um partner my sister who I live with they said okay Ray let's move it out to the to the garage so then it took over the garage and eventually um my dear friend Jenny who is the owner of Wapato Island Farms and she is one of the most precious souls I know Um, She saw the work that I had been doing, and one day when I was visiting her on the farm, she asked if I would if I would consider growing mushrooms here because she said she'd felt like she always wanted mushrooms on the farm and that yeah they were asking to be here and I felt that very strongly too from them and it it, it kind of unfolded from there bit by bit but yeah they they came in so strongly (laughs) for sure with kind of an energy of their own to yeah birth this thing. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Mushrooms seem to be entering humanity's consciousness in a big way these days. <laughs> and I'm curious why you think that that is. Mm, well, I think that there's a lot of reasons. But it's actually, yeah, this this is a question that I've asked them. And I feel like they're continuing to teach me. And, you know, I'm just at the, I've, I'm just at the beginning of my journey with them. And there's, they are, they are incredible teachers but there's so much yet to learn um and I think that they're coming because they're ready to tell us some secrets some things that we really need to know and one thing that they've told me and my sister who also helps me um farm her name is Sarah Grace they've told us that they are here at this time which is a very transitional moment for not only humans but for all life on earth and they are here to restore regenerative relationships during these transitional and traumatic times because yes we are all traumatized and I feel like that is one thing that my nursing career showed me and I it's 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 impossible to deny like no matter who we are in one way or another we are all traumatized by how life has been human life has become this the system that we've created on this earth and clearly we've traumatized the earth herself too Um, and they are coming here not only for us but for her and for themselves and for all other beings and because of who they are as ancient beings who are so wise in control and play such a huge part in controlling and balancing our ecosystem and also our own bodies, but balancing our ecosystem, they're, they're kind of swooping in to say, okay, here we, here we are, we're ready. Like who's, who's ready to listen. So I just, one of my main motivations for agreeing to come on the podcast today is I want to tell you that they are telling me that they want to tell you their secrets. Like they just need us to listen. They are so ready to help us out and help us move through this period and come through with joy and with delight and come through birthing beauty 
they're ready to tell anybody who's ready to seriously listen. So if you feel called by them at all, yeah, you don't have to be a fungi farmer, but just sit down and say, okay, I'm listening. I mean, that's all I really did. I just sat down and was like, okay, help me out here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. None of us really do at this point. Like we're really, really have no idea what's going on or how to get out of it, but they do. They've been here a lot longer than us. Yeah, I've heard you refer to fungi as ancestors, and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about what that means to you. Yes, actually, this is one of my favorite ways in how in which I've come to know them. Um, and I feel like it was actually the first, one of the first ways in which they tr- truly presented themselves to me, because... I have been mourning my disconnection from my own ancestry, and that's been a journey that has led me to do a lot of study and a lot of research. But I and I have been so lucky that I have been able to find out a lot about my ancestors, but I know that many of us are not as lucky to know where we come from. And they've shown me that actually we all do know where we come from. You know, and if we even if we don't know a single human ancestor, we have them. They have been here for recently. Scientists have actually discovered a one billion year old fungi um, fossil in the Arctic in Canada. And that was only around May this year that that was reported. So that completely shatters every idea of what we have of how life long life is been on the earth, how long fungi have been on the earth. I mean, they're here to shatter things if now that we're giving them the chance, because previously this has been, they just have been so underestimated, understudied, overlooked, and honestly marginalized. But that's who they're, that's why they're here now. And I think that's who they want to speak to. And as ancestors of all of us, they um, are not only human ancestors, ancestors, but they're ancestors to all life that's on earth because they help to bridge the transition from life in the water to life being possible on earth. So anything that's of the earth is a descendant of the fungi. So we're all family. We are all family. When you talk about being marginalized, when I think about mushrooms and how they've been depicted in popular culture, it's often something of fairy tales or kids stuff or little silly like drawings and and cartoons and things like that. Um, And only recently have they really started to come into popular culture through foraging culture and cuisine and things like that. So it seems like there's something shifting, but they certainly have been kind of like, oh, little mushrooms, whatever. Yeah, you're right. It's it's interesting. I always think of like the Amanita mascara with the little dwarf with the red hat on. Um, But I think that that is... Number one, I think that that's because they've been purposefully silenced. Their power has been purposefully, uh, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, suppressed and hidden. But it's clearly been hidden in plain sight. And it's interesting to me that it's it's gone to fairy tales, gone to children's stories, because, you know, that those are the stories of the mothers, Those are the stories that the mothers tell their children. And I believe that the mothers are all of our mothers 
if we come from a place, and we all do, where fungi exist, they have always had a strong and deep relationship with the fungi. And I think that they have remained alive in the fairy tales, just like so many things have remained that have been that our society now has looked down on. Um, they're still in in the stories. So it's interesting to me that that's how they've been depicted. But yes, I think that they're now they're like, okay, yes, we've been here. We've been in hiding. We've been quiet. We've let you think that we're just little playthings, but actually we're these intense powerhouses that control so much of life. And yeah, it, it, they just, they're ready. It's time for them to come and show us who they really are. They are excited about it. Even I think like this is, this is what they're good at. Like they transit helped us transition from water to earth. Like who knows where they're going to help us transition this time, if nothing else into just better relationships with the ecosystem because they're good at that. Yeah. It makes me think about just the idea of relationship in general and, only recently science has started to study the mycelial networks that are happening under the earth. And we've talked about this before that Mm -hmm. they're kind of like the, the wood wide web Mm -hmm. and they're the ones sending messages and chemicals throughout the forest. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that, both physical medicine, but also energetic medicine that the mushrooms carry? I've always been so drawn to trees and felt so connected to trees. And there's just something about trees that I feel like I just look at a tree and I automatically feel something. But to be honest, previously in my life, when I've looked at a mushroom, I probably haven't had that same connection. Um, It just feels kind of more like a foreign creature to me than it does of the earth. But I have been sorely mistaken and I feel like they have had fun kind of reteaching me and helping me relearn that these beings who I love so much, the trees are so deeply connected and in such a, a, like a beautifully codependent, co-creative partnership and relationship with the fungi and that these trees wouldn't even be here if it weren't for the fungi underneath helping them, trading with them, being supported by them by through nutrients and chemicals that the um, that the mushrooms are get that the fungi are giving them, and then of course the trees are also supplying benefits to the fungi as well. But yeah, it's just been interesting to me how that has made me appreciate fungi even more, made me appreciate the trees even more, and just taught me so much about about relationships. And I think that that is part of their energetic medicine too. Is just they are all about connection and connection that and and sharing and and showcasing the abundance of the earth that there is enough for everyone that this is not a competition that you know like I one reason that I've been afraid of telling my story honestly is because I'm like I don't want people to be jealous of me like I it hurts me to think that because I know that every single person, this is possible for them in their own way. And I want every single person to be able to find 
the love of their soul and the work that they're here to do, because that's going to benefit every single one of us. And there's a place and a job and a reason that each of us are here. And that it, as we move towards those things, that is just going to be able to enhance the beauty of all of our lives and the earth itself. And I feel like the fungi are here to teach us how to do that in a way that is sustainable to teach us how to connect with each other across divides, across species, across all these barriers that we've just created for ourselves, which actually don't even truly exist. Because like I said before, we're all family and like all of that is, is just is in the past. Like those divisions are for the past. The future is about us all being together because we're here together whether we like it or not and and we're gonna live together or we're gonna die together so yeah they're here to teach us that it is possible to live together mm-hmm. and thank you for bringing up jealousy and that's something that a lot of people and I know I've experienced this myself that we feel sometimes afraid to shine because we feel like others might be in lack around that and yet it is so true that each person has that gift mm-hmm. and that passion and uncovering that is of course our part of our life's journey. But if we can all work together using those unique gifts together, then we do have a chance. What could the world be? Like that just excites me. Yeah, it excites me. It's been really inspiring to watch you follow your calling and your path and also something that other people might think, oh my gosh, you know, she had this secure job in nursing and here she is moving into a tiny house on a farm and growing mushrooms. That doesn't make sense in some cultures trajectory of what one is quote unquote meant to do. And yet you are following that calling and it is so inspiring to watch. And I know that it's definitely touched me and inspired me to do my own, my own work. That makes me really, really happy to hear. (laughs) Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in the way society is built for me to give all that up. Cause yeah, I was on the path that I was quote supposed to be on. And I was yet, I was still asking myself every single day, like, is really, this is it. Like I have worked so hard and like, and I really, I really care. Like I care about helping people, but like this, how am I still so miserable? Why do I want to kill myself? Like I am so privileged. I have a beautiful life. And I just, I've, over time I've come to realize that the reason that I felt like I some of the like some of the reason that I felt like I wanted to kill myself was like living in the way that I'm living in the system that I was living in it's like I am on a trajectory of death mm-hmm. like we are on a trajectory to destruction self-destruction mm-hmm. but there is another way and that's thankfully they've helped me to see that but yeah I feel like even at times to me I'm like what am I doing like this is so bizarre like I don't even know how to grow mushrooms. I mean, I do, but how did I learn how to do that? I don't know. I just listened to them and they told me like, this is crazy, but it's not, it's not. And I feel so much better than I've ever felt in my life. Hmm. Yeah. There are life affirming ways of living for life, for growth. It may not be the easy way. It's definitely a path that requires a lot of trust. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I want to ask you a little bit more about the energy of mushrooms, because I know you've told me in the past that they teach you about resilience and also about darkness and silence and things that often in our culture we feel either afraid of or feel too mysterious that we don't really fully understand. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that that is another reason why they're coming into our consciousness at this time is because we have to start looking at the dark and start opening ourselves up to the silence and to the rest. And we have to stop and take a breath and reevaluate the system, reorient ourselves and our bodies and, and honestly, everything from from the ground up. So clearly it's the ones of the ground who are coming up to tell us this, um, but they have surely taught me about fear for sure fear has been a big thing they're always telling me to have no fear because you know it's it's the things that we're afraid of that the fear is what distorts them the fear is what distorts the darkness the fear is what distorts the silence and honestly a lot of it it's fear of ourselves we are so scared to rest we are so scared to be in silence put our phones down like just be here because we know that the second we stop we're gonna have to face the facts and the facts are yeah really really intense but as the ones who live I mean they live above ground and in the air they live everywhere but as the ones who do make their home underneath the ground in the darkness in the quiet places they are here to tell us that that's okay like that we can face that that we can take it that we can still survive that we're that there's still life underneath there um yeah and it's so interesting one of my favorite things about them is just like they have taught me as I've been growing them to calm down and rest because I do have a tendency to be like really go, 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 go. And they, in just in their, in their growing cycle, they have, after they fruit and produce their beautiful mushrooms, they take a time, they take a time to rest. And I always have this tendency to want to rush them. Like, okay, fruit again, it's time, it's time. And they're like, no, Ray, um, it is not time. We have not had enough time to rest. Like, calm down. And I'm like, okay, that that's a cue to me. Like, I need to rest too. And I've just been following this cycle with them as when they're resting, I try to pay more attention to resting myself and to taking time of silence and to taking some time in darkness and just doing nothing sometimes. And I feel like that has just been so deeply nourishing to me. And I'm so grateful that I've, that I have the privilege to do that, to take that time. And I just encourage everybody to take, just take time to rest because there's literally nothing wrong with rest. It's so important. And capitalism in our society is just wound up to make us feel guilty for that. But so like when you're resting, you are, you're really just doing, it's, it's, it's activism, like it's activism that is practical. It is in your own life, but it's also 
like truly nourishing yourself and the earth when you rest because you're going to slow down, you're going to listen more, and you're not going to be afraid because mm-hmm. you're going to realize, oh, wow, I feel way better. I'm not scared of this. <laughs> yeah. I want to quote something you wrote about working with the land. You say, for me, farming is a spiritual practice. Earth-honoring farming is listening, listening before acting, listening deeply to the earth before anything else and above all else. Tell us more about that. Hmm. Well, I definitely feel like for me now, not only in my farming, but just in my life in general, I have been guided and I'm, I've reoriented myself to my priority is listening. And, and the reason is just because as I have listened, things have just unfolded so beautifully. It's like, wh- why not at this point? But that started because I was getting very, very clear messages from the trees, from the plants, list from the earth, listen. Like, just listen. Like, we're already telling you. We're singing the songs. We're answering all your questions right around you. You're just so busy doing who knows what. Scrolling through Instagram, most likely, you know. It's just like, put put it down and listen. Just for a few minutes. And so now, for me, farming is just has kind of has become like an expression of that, another avenue of that for me. Um, but these, these are living beings who, like I said before, are, are much older than me, much wiser than me, have been around for so long. It's, it's crazy to me that as I listen to them, I am intuitively understanding how to grow them without like, with very little outside assistance or instruction, how I'm able to problem solve just by asking them. I can literally hear them answering me and that has been something that I've struggled with. I'm like, okay, am I making this up? You know, and what's, what's going on? Am I hearing things? Like, are these mushrooms actually talking to me? But as I followed their direction and as I listened deeper and deeper, I'm like, things work out more and more smoothly and more and more beautifully. So I feel like that has become my guiding light. My compass is just take, slow down, take the time, listen. And as I've done that, I've gone from a person who has barely even grown plants to being able to grow beautiful plants, beautiful mushrooms. Yeah. And just also just being able to see how their growth has reflected in me. Um, I feel like this is what I'm what I'm meant to do. And maybe not everybody's meant to be a farmer, but I feel like relearning how to grow things is really important. It's really important for all of us, even if that's just having like a succulent. It's just being with a single plant and treating it as a living being and say saying hi, what's your name? Like and listening and when you you hear that believing yourself and believing the plant and or you know whatever it may be but even small simple things like that can literally shatter shatter your paradigm like it can do the work for you just listen and farming for me has been my my journey of learning to grow things and know things on a deeper level 
And it's just so intimately tied to hearing them. Well, as we talk about listening, it makes me think about sensitivity and a realization I've had recently that sensitivity is not a negative thing where for a lot of my life I felt like, oh, I'm too sensitive. People have told me I'm too sensitive. And then I've slowly learned that it's actually a tremendous gift and an ability to really tune into the subtle and the unseen, the unspoken and the typically unheard. And so as you talk about listening, I'm curious about how that works for you or how you might give advice to someone who wants to start listening a little bit more, whether through their senses or through meditation or just sitting with a plant. Listening is, well, the sensitivity and the hearing That is the ability to hear, the ability when we listen is an ability that everyone has. Obviously, some people are going to be more inclined towards that and they're going to be able to hear easier or more naturally. And yes, sometimes that can feel like a curse in the way that the world is set up today. But for anyone who wants to listen more I would say the number one component that you are probably going to have to work with is to just trust, to trust yourself, to trust what you hear, to trust the being that is speaking to you. Um, And that requires kind of going out on a limb for a lot of people. Like, yeah, that do you want to become someone who other people are might label as crazy like that is I feel like for me that was always a big concern um I don't know why at this point that was a big concern but because now as I've listened and as I've come to be able to hear more easily I'm like I was missing out on all my best friends like my conversations with my besties and I'm really upset about that now um so I just want to encourage you to like open up to whoever might catch your eye, whether that is a tree or a plant or a stone, or honestly, whether it's, I mean, let's go as far to say like your kettle or a spoon, like, you know, everything has its way of speaking. So when just open yourself up to the, to the messages that are all around and Trust what you hear because that's the most important part. Just don't second guess yourself. Um, you know, obviously you want to filter what you hear through the fact that, yes, we are living in this reality and this reality has limits and rules, but that we need to adhere to. But then again, you know, also some of those things maybe need to be challenged. So, just listen, and I, I know that you're going to hear something. Just just believe me on this, okay? Just that mushroom farmer, Ray, was like, when I hear this, I got to believe it. Hear my voice. Believe it. <laughs> we know more than we know and more is possible than we really totally, think. Totally. Yeah, the mushrooms are like, they're all about showcasing the magic that exists all around us. Um, you know, they're called magic they have that association with magic, magic mushrooms for a reason. I mean, it doesn't have to be psychedelics, you know. They're all magic and all beings are magic. We're magic too. 
What do you think is the message that the mushrooms most want humans to know at this time? What seems to come through the most from them? Like listening and trusting and knowing that there is believing and hoping and knowing and knowing that there is a way to come through this moment that life doesn't have to be this traumatic. There is another way. Um, but the, the interesting thing that they always surprise me with is how playful they are and just the wonder that they invoke in my life and in myself, but also in everybody who seems to come in contact with them. They have this incredible way of breaking down barriers with delight. They they surprise me and they surprise everyone with how beautiful they are, with how powerful they are. But it's just been crazy to me how like I'll I'll tell someone like I grow mushrooms and it, it'll be like this old man who I'm like he's kind of like, you know, looks kind of angry and then he completely is transformed after I say that and you know, he's so interested and he wants to talk all about it and he wants to grow mushrooms now and I'm just like, "Wow. You know, this little this what I might have previously thought of little simple thing just like sticking out of the ground or sticking out of a bucket is literally just like tearing down walls in people's consciousness it's tearing down walls in their in their in their emotional in spiritual life that I can literally see on their faces and I'm just like oh I love it so much one of the things they always say is be in delight and and I just think about that all the time I'm like okay that's that's how to listen is is be in delight like what is delighting you that's what I need you to do for this earth is find what delights you and go towards that because I'm selfishly asking you to do that I I I for myself on behalf of all life I need you to be in delight because that's where the future is is joy like we can hope for that it's possible so I think that they remind me to be in delight and to just, they reawaken that childlike wonder. And that's very powerful. They play that role in the forest when you're foraging too. Like you're, you're searching and you're searching and you're looking for something and then you find it. You find the mushroom that you've been looking for. And wow, it, it breaks down something in your consciousness when you finally see it and it's so delightful and you're connected to all of your ancestors who have found, you know, foraged and gathered and you're back in that moment and you're reconnected. You're reconnected with the earth and your ancestors and with your joy. And I think that that's what they're here to teach us. And um, another one other thing that I do want to add that I feel like they're here to teach us is one way that we can connect with them and be in delight and something that helps to facilitate listening is to give offerings of beauty so just finding what something that is beautiful something that is meaningful to you and even if it's something that you're even if it's your time even if it's something that you are doing rather than a, a physical object, what, even if it's just sitting down and saying, I'm offering this time, this time is an offering. It's amazing the things that have come of 
the, the moments that I have, have done that and the, and the offerings that I have given out of joy and made just because I think that they're beautiful. Um, so I encourage everybody to explore that. And that's that reciprocity that we're talking about. And that's, as modern humans, something that is, you know, is fairly new to us. We're used to taking and taking and buying and consuming and we're trained that way. And yet so much of how nature and this life works well and harmoniously is when we're giving and receiving, giving and receiving. And Ray, you're the one who actually taught me that giving is receiving. Mm. It's so interesting to me because I knew I wanted to talk about this and I think that this is the right time because you might think that you're the one, that I'm the one who taught you about giving and receiving, but I think that you are teaching so many people about giving and receiving and you have taught me about giving and receiving through the work you're doing with the podcast because, you know, I didn't mention this before, but during the times when I was feeling very, very depressed and even suicidal, one of the things that was getting me through the days was listening to your podcast. And so what a beautiful circle, what an offering of beauty to be able to sit here with you finally and realize that we're teaching each other to give and receive. And it's just this, this open channel that's always flowing. There's no need to hold on because you can trust that it's coming back around. It's always coming back around. So you always have your open hands and you always have your open heart. And I just, I've, I've told other people this before, but you know, your podcast previously always had like the do, 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 do. And I just want everybody to know that that is what Dorte really is like in person. She's like a do, 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 do. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, it brings me back to that moment when I felt like I can make it through. I'm supported. I have sisters out there. I have, there's other people who are, you know, who are also hoping and knowing that another way is possible and they're choosing to live in that. So I want to thank you for giving all of us that opportunity and that support and that gift of beauty. Thank you so much, Ray. And that song that you're talking about, that was the intro and it's, it'll be the intro for this show as well. So (laughs) our listeners will have heard it. It's a beautiful song by Sophie Cooper from her album rewilding and yeah now I didn't realize that at the time but now that I think about it it really does have that energy of of the little people and the nature spirits and like the mushrooms too I feel like that's kind of how they sing like yeah so joyful and so sweet yeah so precious thank you Ray is there anything else that you feel like you want to share today about yourself or the mushrooms or your work with nature in general? I feel like I can't have a, I can't, I feel like I can't talk about my work and about the mushrooms without also talking about the bees. And I just feel like that is such an important and crucial work of all a collective work that we all need to be contributing towards and working towards and how all of us need to play a role in um, helping to protect and restore the pollinators and restore habitat for them and also help them because they are struggling so much. And earlier, um, before we started the podcast, I gave an offering of 
some honey, which is very precious to me. And it is from a beautiful beehive. I guess I should mention that I'm also bee, I also keep and tend bees. Um, a beautiful beehive that was named after me by the precious uh, mother and bee father that I have who have taught me all that I know about tending the bees. But they named this hive after me because I helped uh, to tend, uh, catch the swarm with them. And I loved that precious hive so much. And I spent time with them and we thought that, and they were doing so well. They were amazing. They were so strong. And then one day they were gone and they, I mean, what I can assume is colony collapse disorder was what took them, which is also what is taking many, many bees. And basically the only way that we're going to be able to, you know, change the trajectory of this is if we seriously reevaluate how we're producing food and how we are using pesticides and herbicides and how we are farming tons of apple tree I mean I mean almond trees in bringing all of the bees in this country to the same place. If you don't know about this this is something you need to educate yourself on because this is really important to everyone. Um, but yeah, we all know that they're struggling. We can all feel that even if we don't know the details and maybe we can link to some information on that. But, um, this honey that I have was honey that was collected from that hive, the hive that was named after me. And I have saved it for offerings and I sometimes use it in medicine. And, um, I just want to tell everyone that the mushrooms are are here to help the bees too. And I would encourage everyone, if you have a backyard, if you have a front yard, if you have a place to put a mushroom log, please put a mushroom log out there. Um, it's They're easy to, to do. They're easy to create. There's tons of information online and YouTube videos, and we can link to that. But I truly believe, and there has been study, there's been research that has shown that the mushrooms and the fungi have the ability to help heal the immune systems of the bees and support their immune systems, and that they can even potentially self-medicate on logs. So at, for me, I'm just thinking as a start, it would be great if we could all put mushroom logs in our, in our yards um, and also just be more aware and more mindful of that issue and the ways in which we can support our pollinators because they really need our help right now and we can help them. So we need to step up and take responsibility and because they're suffering because of us and the practices that we have particularly um, we've, we've used for our farming and for our food. So we have our food. We have them to thank for our food. So now we need to like seriously step up our game and support them. Well, it's so interesting that we've come to the point in the conversation to talk about food because we've really tapped on the energy and the magic mm -hmm. of mushrooms. But here, mushrooms are also this incredible food source of protein grown on waste, yes. which is really a miraculous thing. It really is. And they, and it's interesting to me that I've had some people ask, you know, I, I personally try to keep my mushroom farming to, as low tech and as earth honoring and as regenerative as possible, which has meant that I have done things in ways that seem odd to other people and they seem harder and they seem less productive maybe. Um, but I am really committed to 
to creating processes that are regenerative and that work with the fact that mushrooms can grow on waste, so why would we not grow mushrooms on our waste? This it, it doesn't even make sense why we wouldn't. So I'm I'm interested in exploring more and more processes of how that can be done practically and getting people educated on that because that needs to be happening now. We need to be even just you know partially transitioning to eating more mushrooms as a more significant protein source for all of us it's also they're also amazing medicines all of them like your food is your medicine i mean there it is so yeah i am very committed to working with the earth to grow mushrooms in a regenerative way and people have said, well, you know, conventional mushroom farming has so much waste and requires so much sterilization. How is it possible for that to be regenerative? And I'm like, that, what? That, how is it not possible for growing mushrooms to be regenerative? We just need to slightly reevaluate how we're doing things. But I, I do think that there's so much to be discovered with farming mushrooms. There's so much to be explored. There's so little that we know. And it totally is possible to grow them in a way that's not like, it, it's not as sterile, not as um, pr producing waste, not using plastic. It is possible. I've been doing it on recycled materials with, with very, very little energy input and tons of an amazing mushrooms as an output so i think if you have a little bit of space and if you're interested in growing mushrooms you should look into it and maybe in the future i'll have some way that i can share the stuff that i'm learning with other people because i don't want to hoard this information i want everybody to be to know it i want everybody to be doing it and i want people to experiment with me so if you're interested you know let me know because we all need to be working together on this for ourselves, for the earth, for the bees. Yeah. Thanks, Fungi, for leading the way. <laughs> yeah. So if you have room on top of your laundry machine. Yeah. Or... I mean, really, it doesn't take much room and you can grow them on your countertop um, and you, you get amazing food for it. So you're going to eat anyway. So why not eat mushrooms? <laughs> Yeah, I've had the pleasure of eating some of your fresh, beautiful oyster mushrooms. And they're just, first of all, visually so beautiful. They're like this <laughs> this um, white cream color, and they look like this gorgeous fan. We'll have to share photos online. And they also just taste so good with a little bit of salt and olive oil mm -hmm. or coconut oil. It's, it's crazy. They're just so delicious. They really are. And they're amazingly nutritious. And the oysters are so easy to grow and they are powerhouses. Um, if you want, if you are interested in growing mushrooms, I s encourage you to grow oysters. I only grew oysters for quite some time because I felt like they were asking me to like s s apprentice with them specifically because they have a lot of capabilities that can help heal really traumatized parts of the earth, including like they can eat oil. They can help clean up oil spills. They can, there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they can do, which I won't go into it right now, but yeah, they are very powerful, even as they're, they're so delicate and so beautiful. And they always surprise me how they come out just looking like different sculptures and art. They're just art. If I bring us back to the idea of the marginalized or the overlooked or those who have been silenced, it seems that there are certainly a lot of parallels between the mushrooms and women and feminine wisdom in general. So I wondered if you had any thoughts about that. 
Yeah, I do have some thoughts about that. And I actually want to take this moment, and I, sh- I just kind of wanted to do this earlier, but I forgot. I want to take this moment to give, to pay respect to someone who has been an inspiration to me, which is Peter McCoy with his Radical Mycology book. And he, there is a beautiful article written in that book. Regard, It talks about women and the history of women and fungi. And I am forgetting the author's name, but we can link to her. Um, so you all can have a chance to read that. And that reading that article was quite an inspiration for me because it, it, it's like it, it awakened something consciously within me that I already felt and knew as I had been working with the mushrooms, but just that, just like our, our mothers and our ancestors always worked with the plants as medicine, as the plants as food, and they were living in close relationships and co-creative partnerships with them. I believe that clearly they were doing the same thing with fungi. And it's interesting to me how little of that has seemed seemingly survived. And I do think that that harkens back to the fact that it has been, I kind of think consciously and purposefully, purposefully suppressed and relegated to, you know, children's books. And, you know, this is just fairy tales and these are, or, or to the other side, these can kill you. Mushrooms are scary. They're disgusting. They're in the dirt. Like, ew, there's this, this fear around them, what they call mycophobia. So, I mean, and that still exists today. And I do think that that's changing, but, you know, I do believe, and I've been told by the fungi that they are here to, to specifically speak with the women and speak with people who identify um, as female or femme and honestly just anyone who has been marginalized. That's who they're here to speak with specifically and, and kind of unveil these secrets to. But I do believe that our grandmothers worked very closely with the fungi and it, it feels suspicious to me that we have so little evidence of that and so little living memory of that um because clearly that was a food source for many people that was a source of medicine for many people throughout history so i think that there's a lot that they're going to remind us about i think that there's a lot to be rediscovered within within this human fungal relationship and i know we can remember it i mean it's still there 100 percent. they're still here we're still here so that's just stuff we're going to be remembering as we explore and deepen our relationships with them but i can very clearly feel my ancestors um helping me to remember that they worked closely with the fungi and that was actually one of Right before I started growing fungi, I had a vision of one of my ancestors who looked like they were from a long time back handing me a mushroom. And they were wearing like a fur, you know, really crazy hair, kind of like mine right now. But <laughs> so I'm strangely morphing back, coming full circle, becoming my ancestors, getting a little wild again. So I think they're, they're here to... Re- reawaken and let remind us that we can be wild and we still are wild and we've always been wild and we're animals and we're relatives of theirs so um yeah here we are beautiful (laughs) as you were speaking i the word toadstool came to mind and i know that toads have always been associated with witches or as far as Mm -hmm. we know and so why do we call mushrooms toadstools? And there's got to be connections there. There's interesting there. connections there. Yeah, there's, 
there's um I've done some research into that, but it's so funny because as I've been growing, there have been three resident frogs who have like come into my fruiting room and like every if I like I've honestly come into a relationship with them where I'm like, okay, you little cutie pies can just stay here because that's this is your home too. And clearly the connection is so deep that you are like, we have to be in here too. But um, yeah, there's something about that. It's something that's feared, right? It's something that's kind of gross. Like you don't want to get near it. You don't want to touch it because it might hurt you and it's slimy. But there's, yeah, there's a lot there. It's definitely magical connections for sure. (laughs) Ray, what do you think is the most misunderstood or unknown thing about mushrooms that you've discovered? Hmm. Well, I think that's something that's really been interesting for me as an herbalist that I did not know was that plants living inside, basically all plants on this earth are fungi who live in relationship with either their roots or even inside their bodies. And scientists have actually been um, questioning if the fungi inside the plants are who are, are, are what are responsible for their medicinal qualities. So it's, it's just an interesting relationship to me and one that I really like to play with as I'm making medicines. And now that I have access to all these mushrooms that I have grown, it's just been so fun to be like, okay, who wants to pair together? And I've just been astounded by the, the kind of combinations of things that like want to be birthed as we explore their medicine together. And so I'm, I'm excited for other people to play with that too, because I just think that's just a whole nother, it just opens so many doors within of play within herbalism. Um, and also just within understanding plants too, just knowing that inside of your favorite plant is a fungi that you maybe never thought about before. And it's like, who is that? Who's that in there? You know, so maybe listening to that too. Um, but yeah, that's just been something that's kind of made me really excited and it's delighted me. Yeah. So it's really, it really is breaking down barriers when we talk about delineating, okay, this is a tree, this is a plant, this is fungi. It's, it's, it's almost like asking us to say, well, maybe this is all, it's all the same thing. thing. And they're like, all their spores are like in the air and constantly in our lungs and they're inside our guts and you know, we are them and they're us. And it's just, it's because it's all a web and it's not these neat little boxes, you know, that's like, that's never been what it's been. It's never been that. And you know, once you start coming back into this, like reorienting yourself and kind of and and trying on this new paradigm of oh, it's all alive. Oh, it's all the same. Oh, we're all like deeply, intimately connected. We are all relatives. We all are family. It's like this makes sense. This feels right. Finally, it's like we're not fighting anymore. Here we are, and it's like when you stop fighting with. Oh, that's so interesting. This is making me think of something that at the like at the hospital, how we are fighting germs, we're fighting you know fungal infections, we're fighting bacterial infections, we're using all these intense chemicals that are actually end up hurting our bodies in the long run and hurting our earth in the long run with antibiotic use, especially like that's like a war. Like we're we don't need to be warring with 
our relatives. There is another way of living in harmony with them. And yeah, they're just, they're like, oh, we're already here. We've already been doing it for like so long, but I'm glad you guys have, you know, finally got with the program on that, realized what's happening. And I think that that's kind of, they're just like, we're helping you to transition into this new way of thinking. That's why we're here. Like, here we are. So just see what's already been happening all around you. Just to think about how many of us do suffer with depression and feelings of loneliness and disconnection. And and there is a way back to feel that we are surrounded by friends and family wherever we walk. And that is such a healing path. It's so true. And, you know, it's we belong here. Like, we belong here. There's no other place that is our home. Like, in this body, you're meant to be here. It's not bad that you're here. You know, I mean, it's not wrong that humans are here. Yeah, it's wrong how we've treated the earth, and it's wrong how we're, in in certain ways, how we're living now. But we belong here. Like, we are part of this web, and it does feel so wonderful to, like, come home and remember that and have that realization become part of of your of how of your personal identity and and then become and then influence your daily life and yeah it's just like there I feel like sometimes I'm like wow everybody is talking to me right now you know it's just like and before I felt like it was silence and I was by myself but now I'm like I am never alone I'm never alone and it does feel that feels right because we're not supposed to be alone because we've never been alone Thank you so much, Ray, and the fungi and all of the beautiful nature spirits working around you. And thank you so much for sharing this. Such an honor, Dorte, and just feels like such a full circle moment. And I love you so much as my dear sister. It's It really is so beautiful to be able to be here under this tree on this land with you and so thankful to this land to jennifer to our ancestors to the fungi to the nature spirits and just yeah to all everybody who's listened yeah you've listened to this for a reason i really believe that anybody who's listening to this you were meant to listen. So just it's it could be the beginning of your journey with fungi it could you could already be on it but I encourage you to explore and to listen and to listen. So thank you, Dorte, for for being the channel for that and for sharing it with the world and encouraging me to share. Um, And I'm very grateful and I love you very much. (laughs) It's my honor and we'll send everyone off with the homework of of really walking towards and living with what delights Mm. you. That's right. Be in delight. Thank you for listening to the show. You can learn more about Ray's work at groundculturepdx.com and on Instagram at groundculturepdx. She's teaching an amazing series of workshops in Portland this fall, including a mushroom log cultivation workshop. So be sure to check that out if you're in the area. I recommend signing up for her newsletter as well to find out about future online offerings and other medicines that she'll be making available. And if you'd like to visit and learn more about the farm where she lives and works, go to wapatoislandfarm.com. Wapato is spelled W-A-P-A-T-O, and they're on Instagram at Wapato Island Farm. 
You can hear this month's lunar forecast and other episodes of the Moonwise podcast on moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album, Rewilding. She's sharing brand new offerings over at voicealchemy.com, so go check out her work there. See you next time.